0: And clicking the red submit button, your story will also become a part of this podcast, where it can be shared with other family members as well. Now, here is our pioneer story. This episode is about Thomas woolsey eighteen o five to eighteen ninety seven by Wilfred Whitaker during the years eighteen forty six and eighteen forty seven there was much more traffic across the unmarked prairies than what we usually think. There was that seemingly endless stream of immigrants on their way to Oregon, a few to California, and the Mormons, across Iowa to Winter Quarters, Council Bluffs, and then the Mormon Battalion, on their way to Santa Fe in San Diego, California. But there were also others involved in this general migration. April 1846, Brigham Young called John Brown to lead a group of Latter-day Saints from Monroe County. Mississippi, west, from northeast Mississippi to the Platte River and rendezvous there with the Nauvoo Saints. There were 14 families and several single men, 43 adults, 24 men and 19 women, and an unknown number of children. April 8, 1846, five men were selected to assist Brown to return to Mississippi and guide the families west. May 26, 1846, at Independence, Missouri. They were joined by the Robert Crow family of 17 adults and children with this company. The Brown Company totaled 60 adults. Mid-June 1846, Brown and Company were at the Platte River where they waited one or two weeks and then continued west towards Fort Laramie where they were advised to go to Pueblo, Colorado, on the headwaters of the Arkansas River, where they could winter. The fort was in a sheltered valley. With a surplus of corn and other food and supplies could be found at Bent's Fort, which was about 75 miles away. July 2, 1846, Thomas Woolsey, the oldest son of Joseph Woolsey and Abigail Woolsey, was an intrepid, courageous pioneer. His life deserves more attention than that hitherto given to him. He was an original volunteer for the Mormon battalion, marching bravely off to the stirring martial music of the pit band. On that July 2, 1846 morning with the rest of the 500 volunteers, albeit reluctant volunteers. Like many others, Thomas Woolsey left wives and children, two wives and five living children, to fend for themselves in his absence. The men had agreed to go only on conditions that their leaders provide for and protect their loved ones that their pay of $16 per month per enlistee be retrieved and brought back to help not only their own families, but the Covenant poor generally, and that they be led by their own officers. July 16, 1846, this date was celebrated by some as the date of enlistment of the Mormon Battalion. July 1846, the Brown Company continued along the Oregon Trail on the south side of the Platte River past Grand Island toward Fort Laramie. In July, they met eastern bound travelers near Chimney Rock and learned there were no Mormons on the trail ahead of them. They then headed south to the Arkansas River. August 7, 1846, John Brown and his group arrived in Pueblo and began building log cabins and planting crops. September 1, 1846, after helping the families get settled, John Brown and his assistants left Colorado to return to their families in Mississippi. September 12, 1846. These men, on their eastward journey, met the Mormon battalion traveling west at about the crossing of the Arkansas, and told the soldiers about the branch of the Mormon Church members in Pueblo. Here the dates become a little confusing, possibly because there were three actual detachments that were detached from the main Mormon battalion. Ricketts said the Higgins family detachment left on the September 18, 1846 but it must have been as early as September 12, 1846, as Norman Sharp wounded himself on the trail to Pueblo on the September 16, 1846. After hearing Brown's report of the LDS settlement at Pueblo, Lt. A. J. Smith, Temporary Battalion Commander, decided to send some of the women, their husbands, and children back to Pueblo. The First Detachment Known as the Higgins Family Detachment, Arkansas Detachment, consisted of 11 men, 9 women, and 33 children. September 12, 1846, after reaching Santa Fe, almost one fifth of the Mormon battalion enlistees were too ill and exhausted to complete the grueling overland march to San Diego. Colonel Doniphan, Commandant at Santa Fe, and Lieutenant Colonel, Philip St. George Cook agreed to send a sick detachment of 89 men, 18 women laundresses, and some children on a 300 mile detour to Pueblo, 75 miles west of Bent S Fort. Captain Higgins, with a guard of 10 men, was detailed to lead this detachment. They were actually at the crossing of the Arkansas on the Arkansas River at this time, to Pueblo, a Mexican town located farther up the Arkansas, to winter. This company and the guard, Which included Thomas Woolsey, split off from the main battalion, who were on their way to Santa Fe and traveled up the Arkansas River and across the mountains to Pueblo. September 16, 1846, after four days' travel up the river, Private Norman Sharp accidentally shot himself in the arm. He was so badly wounded it was deemed advisable to send him back a few miles to a friendly Indian village for treatment. Thomas Woolsey volunteered to stay with Sharp and his family. The medicine man appeared very friendly and seemed almost certain he could cure him in a very few days. His treatment, however, was against his recovery. A warm fire was kept up day and night for about three days, when mortification set in and he died, a stranger in a strange land. Brother Woolsey dug a grave. Wrapped him in a blanket and buried him, and then took his family and brought them on and overtook the company, which had stopped to set tire irons. They proceed on to Pueblo, after negotiating a snowbound mountain pass with much fatigue and hardships. Sometime after this date, Thomas Wolsey, alone and in a strange land, traveled from Pueblo back to Santa Fe and then on the trail of the Mormon battalion until he caught up with them on the Rio Grande River. Early October 1846, Higgins Family Detachment Arrived in Pueblo. October 18, 1846, when Philip St. George Cook assumed command of the battalion in Santa Fe, he thought there were still too many women, children, and six soldiers and decided to send a second detachment to Pueblo. This group left Santa Fe October 18, 1846 under James Brown, Captain. This was known as the Brown Sick Detachment, Santa Fe Detachment. Ricketts, Ibid October 29, 1846, John Brown's group reached their families in Mississippi. November 4, 1846, here we, the main body of the Mormon battalion, were overtaken by Thomas Woolsey, one of Captain Higgins Detachment, who went to Pueblo from the crossing of the Arkansas. He traveled from Santa Fe alone and brought us the first information we received of the accidental shooting and subsequent death of Norman Sharp. When Captain Higgin's detachment reached Santa Fe, General Donovan gave them the privilege of returning to Pueblo, which privilege was accepted by all except Wolsey. William Correy wrote as follows: This evening, thus Wolsey overtook the command. He gave us the desired information concerning Pueblo, Captain. Higgins Company, etc. They had arrived at Santa Fe a short time after we left and got on detached service to go back again to their families by order of Colonel Price. He stated that there were 17 families from Mississippi at Pueblo. Bro. Wolsey showed no small amount of courage to undertake a journey lone-handed and in an enemy's land at that. November 10, 1846. Colonel Cook sent Lieutenant William W. Willis with the last detachment at the Rio Grande River November 10. This was known as Willis Sick Detachment or Rio Grande Detachment. November 10, 1846. The Sick Detachment, under Lieutenant W. W. Willis, accordingly started back. Included Thomas Woolsey and John H. Tippetts. November 17th, 1846 the Brown sick detachment arrived in Pueblo with 92 men, 19 women and 10 children. Before December 20, 1846, December 31, 1846, report of Lt. W.M. W. Willis, this date must not be correct because the Willis' sick detachment arrived in Pueblo December 20, 1846, and because Woolsey and Tippett stated they left Pueblo for winter quarters two days before Christmas. I concluded to take Thomas Woolsey and start early next morning and go ahead to Mr. Turley's and make arrangements for the sick. Brought up the sick, and then a very difficult time over the mountains, through deep snow, to Pueblo. December 20, 1846. The Willis Sick Detachment arrived in Pueblo December 20, 1846. This date does not agree with the date above as reported by Lt. W.M. W. Willis. There were fifty-six men and one woman in this Willis Sick detachment. Thus we have Thomas Woolsey volunteering to go with the Mormon Battalion to San Diego, then on the Arkansas River, being assigned to go to Fort Pueblo, Colorado, with the Higgins family detachment. He stayed with Norman Sharp, who had accidentally shot himself, until Sharp died, then buried him then he took Sharp's widow and family on to Pueblo. When he arrived at Pueblo, he was sent back to travel to Santa Fe, and then he traveled, alone, south of Santa Fe until he caught up with the main body of the Mormon battalion, on or near the Rio Grande River, made his report, where he left with the Willis Sick Detachment, including John H. Tippetts, for Pueblo, again. Arriving in Pueblo He started the new year, 1847, preparing to take this bold journey with John H. Tippett's through the plains back to winter quarters and the main body of the Saints, carrying money and mail. After this most perilous journey of over 600 miles and many adventures later through unmarked prairies and treacherous Indians, he and Tippett's were reunited with the Saints in winter quarters, where they made arrangements to travel with the pioneer group under Brigham Young to the Salt Lake Valley. December 23, 1846, Thomas Woolsey and John H. Tippetts left Pueblo for winter quarters, Council Bluffs, first day, lost December 24, 1846, second day, it took all day to find ourselves. December 25, 1846, next morning started again travel till near 4 o'clock in the afternoon, got near the crossing of the Fountain Fade Barred Fountain Creek, where our pilot that we had to pilot us to the south fork of the plat got turned round and bewildered and said we was not on the road so we turned to the right into the open prairie and traveled till dark and camped the wind blew herd and cold December 26, 1846 third day on and on we rose the next morning and our pilot declared he would go back and we thought we had better go back and find the road if possible we traveled till four o'clock which brought us to where we camped the first night brother wolsey and i camped and told sarat Our pilot to go to Pueblo and get information about the road and come or send the next morning and bring us word December 29, 1846. Again there is confusion as to the dates here. But it appears that they returned to Pueblo to get their bearings because Tippetts and Woolsey write that on the 29th of December, 1846. We left Pueblo, Pueblo, traveled 10 miles and camped. This date seems the more reasonable. Early Spring 1847. The Robert Crow family grew impatient and started west and were waiting at Fort Laramie when Brigham Young and the Pioneer Company arrived June 1, 1847 and traveled with them to the Valley of the Great Salt Lake. April 16, 1847, the first company of 143 men, 3 women and 2 children, of which Thomas Woolsey was a member, as well as subsequent companies, were organized much as Moses had organized the children of Israel for their flight from Egypt. Companies were divided into hundreds, fifties, and tens, and a captain was placed over each. Thomas Woolsey was in the 6th 10. Charles Shumway was the captain. Members of the 6th 10, in addition to Thomas Woolsey and Andrew Shumway, were Chauncey Loveland, Erastus Snow, James Craig, William Wordsworth, William Vance, Simeon Howd, and Celie Owen. In company with Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball another company came three days travel, camped three days to let our team's browse on cottonwood brush as there was no grass. Started our march to missionary station, to civilize the Pawnee Indians then on to Pawnee Town, forded the loop fork of the Platte River, came to Wood Creek, to a place called Laramie, a distance of 501 miles. Before we came to Laramie, we crossed the north fork of the Platte, myself and Roswell Stevens. Amasa Lyman went south toward Pike S. P. to meet our company. We had left the December before. When we got to the dry fork of Crow Creek we lost our road, it being very blind weather all that day. Next day we came to the south fork of the Platte, forded across, came to the trail we had gone down in the winter. We could see below where we should be, so we rode up the river, and in the latter part of that day we came to the old mountain. We could see our company had left there, was on the road to Laramie. We took their track, crossed the river back again, then to Crow Creek and camped next day. Came on to our company as they camped for the night. Next day, great rejoicing for they had heard by way of an Indian that we had been killed during the winter. I forgot to say when we lost our way to Dry Fork on Crow Creek, we ran out of provisions and killed a pelican for breakfast. Had the good luck to shoot an antelope next day. Bennett, we ll find the place. P. 124. The decision to pass near the main Pawnee village was both deliberate and dangerous, and was prompted, no doubt, by those in camp who had first-hand experience with the Pawnee. James Case, a former employee at the government operated farm near the Pawnee village who was dismissed after his conversion, had spent much of the past year at the now abandoned farm and adjacent Presbyterian Mission. Case knew the area and the Pawnee well. He also knew that his farm associates had stored a large cache of hay and provisions, which might still be hidden from the Pawnee. Tippets and Woolsey had spent several weeks among the Pawnee as grateful, if unwilling, Winter Captives Before their release, they had told the Pawnee about Mormon intentions. One of the chiefs had even pledged two of his daughters in marriage to the two sojourners. The pioneers hoped to build on this friendship. April 14, 1847 By April 14, 1847 the pioneers had reached Lou Fork. They crossed Plum Creek with little difficulty, but found it difficult to cross Cedar Creek, Before reaching the fording place on the banks of the Loo, it was decided that they would build two rafts to make the crossing. Tarleton Lewis was assigned to build one, Thomas Woolsey the other. April 29, 1847 By April 29, they had reached Grand Island, Nebraska. The cannon brought up the rear of the wagon train. Members of the gun crew were Thomas Tanner, Captain Stephen H. Goddard, Seeley Owens. Thomas Wolsey, Horace Thornton, Charles D. Barnum, Sylvester H. Earl, George Schools and Rufus Allen. Bennett, we LL find the place. P 131. Rockwell, quick with both word and gun. Was soon claiming bragging rights for having felled the first buffalo. But John Pack felt constrained to paint a slightly different version of the story there was considerable anxiety in the camp who should kill the first buffalo, he later wrote to his family back at the Missouri. We had none ever killed any except bro. Wool, sey and tippets that came from the army. I said but very little for fear I might not kill one at all. One afternoon about three zero clock we came in sight of about three hundred buffalo in one herd. Eleven of us which had previously been chosen for hunters prepared for the chase on horseback. We started off on a slow walk the buffalo being three miles off. There was much bragging by the way. I told them I did not expect to kill any. I was going along behind to skin with my big jack knife. However we got up within one-fourth mile and the buffalo started. We put spurs to our horses and as they ran around a hill I cut across and came in ahead of all the hunters and alongside of the buffalo. I fired away and killed one dead on the spot. Porter had shot at one of them once but did not touch them then rode on and left them. I spurred up my horse and came alongside and fired away and shot the largest one through the shoulder, he fell dead on the spot. This one is allowed to be much the largest of any that has been killed. I killed two alone and helped brothers. Kimball and Jay, Redden kill one. They had to all give up. But well you must know that I felt first rate. May 18, 1847, William Clayton was one of the camp scribes. On Tuesday May 18, he recorded. Brigham's horse nearly stepped on a large rattlesnake, and when Thomas Woolsey came walking by moments later, the snake coiled and struck at him. Missing his foot by scant inches as he jumped aside. John Higby shot the head off the snake and the serpent was thrown into the creek, which Brigham Young named Rattlesnake Creek. May 24, 1847. The Pueblo detachment and remaining Mississippi Saints under Captain James Brown left Pueblo and gained on the Vanguard Company until they were only a day behind at the ferry on the Platte River. Finding a blacksmith there, they stopped to get their animals shod. June 1, 1847, 17 of the Mississippi Saints and 12 Mormon battalion men joined the Pioneer Company at Fort Laramie. This group continued on with the Pioneer Company to the Great Salt Lake Valley. These were of the Robert Crow family. June 2, 1847, two miles from F.T. Laramie. For men were picked by Brigham Young to travel to Pueblo, to gather some of the Saints there and bring them to F.T. Laramie and then on the Mormon trail to the great Salt Lake Valley. These four men were Amasa Lyman, one of the twelve, Thomas Woolsey, John H., Tippetts and Roswell Stevens. Brigham Young and Willard Richards signed Amasa Lyman's letter of authority, and also prepared a letter to Elder Thomas Dowdle, the presiding elder at Pueblo. They then gathered 349 letters to the battalion and gave the mail pouch to Thomas Wolsey appointing him deputy postmaster. Dr. Richards instructed Brother Woolsey to bring back all the letters he was not able to deliver. Bennett, we ll find the place. P. 174. The Pueblo detachment had weathered the winter reasonably well, reported Crow, and most of them were presently en route from Fort Pueblo for Fort Laramie. However. Because of dissension over Mormon versus non-Mormon authority within their ranks, as well as rumors and reports on how their families were faring at winter quarters, the detachment had so soured in morale that some were talking openly of mutiny and desertion. Almost half of the men rebelled and entered into obligation to leave the company at Laramie, take their portion of teams and provisions, and go to the States. Nothing in the world would have held us together wrote John Steele, a member of the disenchanted company but the gospel and some were fast forgetting that. Upon hearing such happy as well as disturbing news, Brigham requested that Apostle Amasa Lyman and Roswell Stevens, plus John Tippetts and Thomas Woolsey, who were enlistees in the battalion, head south through dangerous Indian country with a large mail, intercept the oncoming party, and douse the smoldering discontent. Lyman was then to bring the detachment west, hard in the wake of the pioneer camp. On the morning of June 3, 1847. June 3, 1847, the four men then started on horses and mules for Pueblo. President Young, Heber C. Kimball, Willard Richards, and Orson Pratt accompanied them to Laramie Fork, where they held a council meeting seated on a large tree which had fallen on the bank of the river. After which they knelt down and President Young blessed the brethren who were going on the journey and dedicated them to the Lord. Date not given, Thomas Woolsey met up with the Pueblo Saints, who were already on the road and started after the Pioneer Company under Brigham Young. Next morning, after we came to the company, we started our long march under the mountains. Crossed the middle fork of the Platte at Fort Laramie. Here we took the road that Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball were on with the Pioneer Companies. Went over the hill where they had camped at Independence Rock, on the Sweet Water, and stayed one day then on up the Sweetwater to Pacific Springs, past them and camped on the Dry Sandy. From here to Big Sandy, then to Green River, crossed and camped at Ham's Fork, just a hundred miles from Salt Lake Valley, it was in August. July 4, 1847, the Pioneer Company met thirteen of the Mormon Battalion men, and there was general rejoicing and thanksgiving. July 8, 1847, Sergeant. Williams and Samuel Brannan were sent back along the trail to meet members of the Mormon Battalion detachment coming from Pueblo, which included Thomas Woolsey. There were 140 men in the detachment, which was seven days behind the pioneers. Thomas Woolsey pushed ahead and caught up with the Pioneer Company sometime before they entered the valley. July 24, 1847, Thomas Woolsey arrived in the Great Salt Lake Valley with the Pioneer Company. July 29, 1847, Bennett, we ll find the place, p. 2.30. The very next day, July 29, 1847, the Combined Company of Mississippi Saints and the Pueblo Detachment of the Mormon Battalion, some 240 souls in all, arrived in camp with 60 wagons, over 100 horses and mules, and some 300 head of cattle, more than doubling their speed. Marching to fife and drum. The soldiers, now looking like mountaineers, sunburned and weather beaten, entered the valley in smart military procession, council and officers first, infantry next with martial music, then the cavalry, with the baggage wagons bringing up the rear. The brethren were very much rejoiced at getting once more among their friends, Bullock noted, and a general congratulations took place. July 30, 1847, the Pueblo Saints made a campsite about one-half mile north of the temple lot. July 31, 1847, Brigham Young took command. Praising the battalion boys enthusiastically, Brigham assured them that all their families were well and many of them were already on the overland road. Shouting Hosanna! 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 Give glory to God and the Lamb, he congratulated the battalion for having saved the people by going into the army. If they had not gone, Missouri was ready with 3,000 men to have wiped the saints out of existence. He closed his comments by asking the battalion to erect a Bowery 40 feet long by 28 feet wide for Sunday preaching. The truth of the matter was that many of the new arrivals had almost mutinied on their way to Fort Laramie, wanting to return to their families. Many were unhappy with how some of their enlistment pay and later wages had been appropriated and were convinced that their wives and families were getting less than their due. While some made secret arrangements to leave for the East in a day or two, others wanted assurances that their families were indeed part of the emigration camp or big company that was following the advance camp. Some had the California fever and were anxious to follow Sam Brannon to the Pacific, there collect their muster out pay, and set out on their own. Middle of September 1847, we found Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball Companies. Stayed until the middle of September and started back for winter quarters without teams, with 15 pounds of provisions, but killed Buffalo along the way and got along well. When we got to the upper crossing of the Sweetwater, we met the first company of saints on the way to the valley. This was the John Taylor Company, which included George Whitaker, W. Whitaker's English ancestor. Thomas Woolsey left the valley of the Salt Lake and returned east in the fall of 1847. He and his families, augmented now by two more children, settled on a prosperous farm at M.T. Pisgah, Iowa, to grow produce to help the Saints to get to the Utah Territory. They continued in this special calling until 1842, when they, too, crossed the plains and the rocky mountains to salt lake city also with them here were his brother richard woolsey and his wives and children and the wife and children of their brother james hopkins woolsey lavina patterson woolsey www to review thomas woolsey had traveled with the battalion only to leave on assignment to go to pueblo and then back to winter quarters he then commenced the mormon trek with the original company headed by brigham young Only to be sent again to Pueblo as the deputy postmaster. With Mormon Battalion Saints from Pueblo, he again traveled to meet Brigham Young's company. He was with the original company of Saints who came down Emigration Canyon into the Great Salt Lake Valley. November 30, 1847, arrived back at winter quarters on the last of November, 1847. Found Alva Tippets very sick he died three days after I got there. Total miles from July 16, 1845 to November 1, 1847 is 5,900 this is a fantastic figure, equivalent to crossing the continent twice, most of it on foot. I went to work teaming to get means to return in the spring with my family. Thanks for listening to the Pioneer Podcast. We would like to invite you to subscribe to and share this podcast with others. Also, please leave us a review at the iTunes store that helps us more than anything else. If you would like access to more content and information about our pioneer history, join us at s.u.p.online.org, the online community of the Sons of Utah Pioneers. That's s.u.p.online.org. Goodbye until next time, from your friends at the Sons of Utah Pioneers.